Welcome everybody. It's Denise DeGregoli and you're on the drive. No matter where you are in the world, we're so thankful that you are spending this time with us. We're a platform for positivity, a purpose-driven motivational podcast that helps you create a better business and live your best life mindfully. You know, I believe it's the fuel you choose for your mind, your body, your spirit that shapes the life you live. And I'm so glad you've come here. Fuel it well, fuel it with us on the drive. We are broadcast live every Tuesday. Our mission is to offer some motivating contemporary talk, live interviews, uplifting intelligent news, some educational and practical information that'll move you forward. We talk about, like I said, all the things that fuel your mind, your body, and your spirit, and we bring on all types of experts, real life people to amplify the message of how using positive energy and self-empowerment can be some of the most important life tactics in creating a happier, more fulfilled life, both personally and professionally. I always start the show with a mindful minute. And I don't know if you guys know, but November is National De-Stress Month. And boy, you know, we come into the Thanksgiving season and we start to talk about stress. We often believe that stress comes from our jobs, our relationships, our financial situations, our political environment, and so many more things outside of ourselves. You know, and of course, with the holidays on the, uh, right around the corner, I want to talk to you about what I'm steering. I live a very, very busy life. And sometimes, you know, it's it, the rhetoric, it's part of the achievement. Oh, my list is so long and my life is harried and I'm stressed out. And we talk about how crazy we are and the amount of stuff on our to-do list. Yet each person's vision or version of what stress really is comes from their own perceptions. You know, gambling can be a thrill to one person and it can be a cause of a nervous breakdown to another. Putting on a big fancy dinner and entertaining all those relatives can be complete joy or complete cat, you know, cat catastrophe in the minds of others. So we need to find a way to cope with our stress and change whatever we believe is causing it. And usually it starts with some stressful thinking, maybe how we perceive things. Here's a few ideas maybe to steer and change the direction of how you approach your stress. Gratitude can be seen as an antidote. Take just a few moments to reflect on what you're happy about. Studies from University of California and Miami show that people that keep gratitude journals and gratitude lists often have more enthusiasm, determination, energy, optimism, and less stress because they've, they've steered their thinking. They've also taken time for themselves. Self-care is a huge component of what we're going to be talking about today. Laughter is another great antidote, you know, as opposed to the perceived perfectionism we put on ourselves for the holidays and just other parts of living life. You know, can you let it go and laugh it off? Tina Fey often says, you know, it's really not that important. Just laugh it off. She's actually coined a term called blorf. November is de-stress month for a reason, and it brings our attention to maybe something that we can do for ourselves, and the Mayo Clinic offers just these few tips. And I like them, so I'm throwing them in. Acknowledge your feelings. You know, often we just repress them and push them down. Reach out if you're lonely. And my guest today is going to teach you some ways to be uh, perfectly imperfect with your messy parts of your life. So it's about your tribe. Be realistic about the holidays. They don't have to be perfect. Set aside your differences. Maybe accept your family members and friends, even if they don't live up to your expectations. You know, again, perfectly imperfect. Set a budget and work towards sticking to it. 
And for gifts, try some alternatives. Maybe donate your time to charity. Sometimes when we're in service to others, it gives us a, a sense of renewal and purpose. And again, my guest today is going to talk to us a lot about that. Try maybe some homemade gifts or start a family gift exchange. When you start to shift the way you've done things in the past, you open up the, the possibilities because you're using both sides of the left and the right brain, the creative and the analytical. Take some time each day, and not only at the holiday times, friends, but remember, self-care is extremely important, even if you can only fit in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. That might look like taking a walk, listening to some soothing music, having a cup of tea, reading a good book, writing in your gratitude journal, and maybe trying to get to bed 15 minutes earlier. Sometimes just a restful night's sleep is all we need. I hope you've liked these tips and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and share some of your own. Today's episode is brought to you by R.D. Weiss. They do sustainable flooring. And what I love about R.D. Weiss, Randy, is that they support the Pajama Project, which provides pajamas and books to over 600,000 children in foster care Head Start programs, orphanages throughout our country. And again, it's that little self-care, that good night's sleep, a comfortable place to lay their heads that makes all the difference. And what Randy offers is incredible design that's healthy and safe and, you know, increases productivity because we believe, you know, again, we're also being sponsored today by Troy Fine Art Services and creating family photo walls and creating things that you love during the holiday season as you create memories because when you love what you see and you create an environment that's comfortable, it can only be more productive for all creating that positive inner dialogue. So today I have an old friend and an incredible woman who is amplifying motherhood with her message. Uh, She, you know, I thought something she said to me off air really struck struck a chord with me. You know, making babies and giving birth isn't just about bringing children into the world. It's really about making moms. And so much of us, so many of us that are moms just race past by that. So I'd like to introduce Maria Carolla today so she can tell us what she's doing as the founder of Mama Mosaic. Are you with us, Maria? I am so with you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us on The Drive. Um, I find your journey fascinating and your passion in amplifying motherhoods just so intriguing. Tell us where you got started with it and why. Well, a lot of, uh, you know, the perfectly imperfect, the the magic and the mess, all of those things um, are, they sound so easy, but simple, simple, simplicity isn't always Um, the easiest thing to understand. So I feel like my journey as a mother has really brought me back around from that first lesson that I learned, which was surrender, where, you you know, you don't know what is going to happen. We all hope for a perfect scenario, but sometimes that doesn't happen. We don't always have this textbook image of, you know, that we have of, of motherhood. That's not necessarily reality. And no one really prepared at least me and now I can safely say most of us for really what was going to happen after we had a baby let alone any other aspect of your life so um as I found myself uh, a geriatric new mother at age 35 (laughs) already (laughs) hurtling I apparently into middle uh middle earth as it felt um 
becoming a mother really brought up a lot of um, questions for me in the way we view mothers and treat mothers in our culture and our society. So um, I decided to do a little research, and, and what I came up with was quite um, quite incredible. What did you find on your journey of research? Because I think we had discussed that we both had had not such a great, um, we had a postpartum that kind of made us feel a little alienated in that journey of motherhood, which was supposed to be so, you know, euphoric. Absolutely. I think, you know, the first, that, that first thing that I found or that I experienced was exactly that. There's the anticipation and then there's the reality. And for some people, it really is a, a, a moment they'll treasure for the rest of their lives. Um, can I say that? No, I cannot. I cannot say that bringing a child into the world, not that I'm, of course, I'm so happy my children are here, but me crossing that threshold into motherhood for the first time when I had my son was not a beautiful, I mean, it was beautiful because he came. But leading up to that, it was a, a, a traumatic, traumatic, stressful, scary event that nobody was talking about and in that sense it's birth trauma preceding that had been a miscarriage um and then after my son was born and in fact after my daughter was born being diagnosed with back-to-back postpartum depression and post-traumatic stress disorder three years after the fact so obviously this whole concept of postpartum depression if anyone even ever talks about it because by the way if you look at the symptoms it pretty much feels like what anybody feels like after a bad day or no coffee or whatever their <laughs> thing is that needs to have, they need to get going but not every day is is you know picture perfect by any stretch um and no one really tells you that i don't know if it's become you know if we make ourselves feel even more guilty now in this age with social media where there's even more of a of an opportunity for us to compare one another but you know what there's also an opportunity for for the rest of us for what i feel like are the the maybe the the mom misfits which by the way is how i felt but is not at all the case there are a lot of us out here who are lumping along and not getting any help and what, what not do you, feeling they have their sisters to talk to. So when you say so, mom misfit, tell us what that looks like in your mind's eye, because I certainly have a visual that paints in my mind when you say, you know, mom misfit. And yeah, sometimes we get caught up in that social media. We start looking like, it, oh, Jane Doe is doing this with her children. And there she is off to Disney World, you know, in her right. Gucci bag and her, you know, her nanny trailing behind carrying everything. And you start to think like, what's wrong with me? When in the yeah. meantime, you can't yeah. even brush your and, hair. Or, you know, you start to think, wait, if I, to me, I look presentable. Do I not look, is there something, you know, is there something in my teeth? Or is there, did somebody put a post-it on my back that says, you know, she's weird, or I don't know. There are moments, and particularly for me, being, I think, identifying more with um, a city life and, and feeling comfortable moving around in that. For me, when when I was first a mother, I was in the suburbs and pretty much, you know, alone, feeling extremely isolated anyway, which, you know, of course, now being a single mom in Brooklyn, New York, at age 46, I would kill to live in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> moment of silence but instead I have a subway that hurdles right past our window that somehow makes me so happy I think it's you know for me 
I needed the connection. I didn't want to feel isolated anymore. And that right there is sort of part of this whole shift in the way um, we we have to, our villages, you know, the sort of the quintessential, you know, it takes a village. That is a perfect thing to say, but we don't have a what village, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, that, that phrase was probably coined a hundred years ago or something when there actually was a village of aunties and grandparents and sisters and cousins and friends and people who would not allow the mother to be sitting up putting on makeup and posting pictures on Facebook five hours after her child was first born because (laughs) how healthy is that you know I mean it's exciting but let's be in the moment you know let's let her rest let's not worry about whether you have to go back to work before your time is up or that if you don't go back to work you're not going to get paid or you know that you don't have the right insurance or you don't you know maybe it didn't go well maybe you got a c-section maybe you had were bedridden maybe you have god forbid maybe you had a a complication and something's wrong with the baby or you or stillborn or uh, i mean it goes on and on. It goes on and on, and nobody talks about it. So, and the, the thing with the the mindfulness and the body and the and the mind connection, when you look at physiologically, the the magic, literal magic and alchemy that is the a woman's body in those first forty days mm-hmm. or six weeks after birth. If you take care, if that woman is cared for and nurtured in a in a mindful Ayurvedic body body mind soul way, mm-hmm. from nutrition to rest to thinking to you know aesthetics, all of it, nurturing yourself, mm. it literally has the physiological ability to reset any past trauma that woman has felt. Well, you know, in re- her life. recently I I was on a show with Fran Capo and Dr. Ken from the city was saying the same thing. You know, our bodies, our cell has a homeostasis. It has a resting rate and it knows how to heal itself. And that would include, yeah. you know, the birth the birth of a baby. And the problem is we don't we don't give it enough time. We give it artificial stimulants and medications. And, you know, we take over Mother Nature's role. But then, you know, some of our listeners could be saying, okay, well, I've got to get back to work. I don't have a husband. I don't have means to pay. And so society is flushed with the yin-yang of what to do. And then there becomes the guilt. Well, I could, but, you know, Jane Doe couldn't. Or Jane Doe could and I couldn't. So I guess what I want to know is when you're amplifying the message of motherhood, and it seems to be to me that you're connecting a tribe through your work with the um, women and girls glam for good. I want you to tell me about that and how you're bringing the tribe together. So there is some kind of a platform. So if I'm a woman that has to go back to work, where can I find increments of healing? Maybe I can't find total healing because I can't just, you know, be in a deserted island and be cared for. But what can I do? Like, tell me about that work in your ambassadorship. I find it fascinating. So first of all, there's a whole area that, you know, as we know, there's an area in our health, uh, you know, vocabulary called mental health, right? And that right away, and you can, that's a big umbrella for, you know, body, mind, everything. Let's just call that health. We have women's health that we acknowledge. We have men's health that we acknowledge. We have kids' health that we acknowledge. But guess what? Mothers have a specific little not so little, beautiful uh, mosaic of, of their own 
health issues and health needs. And that does include, do you nurse, do you not nurse? Do you go to work, do you not go to work? Do you, this is real life stuff. What if you are, you know, you're single? What if your husband isn't available? What if you're this, what if you're that? The first thing is stop the guilt. What mm. works for one person does not work for another. Well and it said. sounds like the easiest thing in the world to say, but all we can do is be conscious of where we are right now. And what and, we have. And, I'm sorry? And what we have. And what we have. Right. And we're already thrust. I mean, if we're looking specifically at the at a new mother, because, I mean, all these issues we're talking about can affect women well beyond that first quote unquote postpartum time I'm living proof I was three years after I, my, my daughter was two and a half and I was dying I had been carrying this around without anybody noticing it I was saying it but people thought I literally was nuts how did you Until finally get it diagnosed I just finally I just something went off I just said I don't something isn't right just not right I couldn't put my finger on it um, and I called my doctor and I just said exactly how I felt I felt disconnected and she said here's a number call this person it turned out I mean it, it, it felt like walking into a scene of a Woody Allen movie here's one of the because of my horrible experience with my son when my son was born I was absolutely not going to go back to that hospital so I literally when I found out by surprise, by the way, that when my son was nine months old, I got pregnant with my daughter. Yay! Oh boy! <laughs> oh so, boy! As I'm as I'm googling best doctor in New York, best high risk paternal fetal medicine in New York City. Boom! Literally clicked the first link. Who, you know, practically had to. She has so, such a high uh, request rate that she doesn't have time to take everybody on. I was grateful that she she brought me on board, and from then. It was an actual team of people who um, were looking out for me. And so I reached out and I had not been, it wasn't that they hadn't been asking me if I was okay. I just wasn't presenting as a disheveled mother. I had gotten very good at, you know, pulling it together. Um, same thing with divorce that nobody, really, you guys seem like the perfect couple. Based on what? You've never even been to our house. You don't even like, you know, it's you get very good at that. You know, as people, we, we put our masks on and we walk out with our armor and and social media does amplify that, too, for better or for worse. I think it's, you know, we have this power and we have to be responsible with it. And, you know, people seem to have lost the ability to sort of monitor themselves as it's a concept. This whole, you know, mindful approach is actually going back to what's simple, but what's simple isn't necessarily easy mm. so I think you know just kind of just taking a break and saying hey I have rights here you know yes I have all these things working against me but it was one of the thoughts again one of these aha trigger points for me when I just remember feeling so frustrated like there's got to be a way to help if I went through this there has to be a way to there must be other mothers going through it and if they're going through it there must be, you know, there's got to be something else. So the doctor that diagnosed me, who is a pioneer in the field of maternal um, psychiatric, maternal mental health, essentially, she's at Columbia, Margaret Spinelli, an amazing warrior pioneer. She was the one who diagnosed me, and she was the one that gave me the number of the first two organizations I reached out to, not for help, but to help them. I said, this is 
BS. I, I'm a mom. I just fell through the cracks. I am a white woman living in Connecticut with insurance. I'm married. I have family nearby. I have friends. This is not okay. This is a this healthcare system is not supporting us. So what um, did you do? And that that became part of the journey. And so from there, I found Postpartum Support International, which literally is exactly what they do. Everybody from you know. They are examining the entire spectrum of motherhood um, from a psychiatric perspective. So whether that's postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, postpartum trauma, whether that is in a severe case like postpartum psychosis with Andrea Yates, they are literally you know, on the forefront, not only boots on the ground, but also on a legislative level. On a, cl- on a clinical level, on a research level, they are examining what is going on. And it was only started by another warrior pioneer, um, you know, 25 years ago. Who was that? That was Jane Honickman. Wow. She's, uh, she was the founder. And so you have, again, it's sort of a tribe within a tribe. And I already felt, you know, as a I had never considered myself a survivor of really anything, but all of a sudden, wow, you go through this horrible scenario and all of a sudden, this is the parade I was waiting for. All of a sudden, here are these other survivors saying, good for you. What an, I want, how are you? What is your story? And oh my goodness, how did you, you know, wanting to hear it and celebrating that we made it through and do you think do you think that we're different moms uh based on your experience and what i told you of mine that we're different moms because we're postpartum moms are we delineating ourselves like that or are all moms i think i think that it's you know Look, when you see Glamour magazine with Chrissy Teigen on the front and she says, I had postpartum depression, that's what it is. It's that this messiness is part of the magic and you can't have one without the other. And it's looking at the whole person. Of course, you're going to feel run down and exhausted. Look at all the things that are working against you. And I think as a culture, there's we're tipping slightly tipping it a little bit to change the conversation and shift the way we look at it and when you have Adele on the Grammys accepting her her award saying by the way motherhood sucks (laughs) right that's a platform and that's what I think we are is people you know I I would not I'm not ever going to tamper with the sisterhood I will I we try to honor whatever somebody's journey is, whatever their story is, it's theirs. It has none of my, it's none of my business. I have enough trouble keeping track of my own kids and my cats and my rescue dog. And, you know, I have a big, beautiful, messy life. And I don't have, as I say to my mom all the time, she's like, oh, well, how did it go with, you know, with such and such? If mom, if it's not a first relation, I can't, I, I can't track their, you know, <laughs> so-and-so's sister-in-law's boss. I can't track that. We have to just pull in, you know, and really like, how are, how are you? How are my children? How am I? How is my family? Um, and I think that that's what this tribe, you know, it happened for me first professionally uh, this umbrella of survivors, not everybody, but most of them, one for one unfortunate bump or another, it's what bonded everybody. And so when, sometimes when that happens, the only thing you feel you can do is 
to break the silence is sort of the best thing you can do is to just share your story because you you really could be changing someone's life on the other end. Right. Say you're not alone and, you know, I know, you know, and I, and I was there too. You know, my mother used to say, you know, it's the hardest job in the world and it doesn't come with a book. And I feel like the messy truth or the messy parts or the perfectly imperfect carry on. You know, Ava's now 15 and it was a very rough start. My, my family lived very far away. And of course, we live about 60 miles outside of Manhattan. And it really, I had to build a tribe and as I spoke to you off air you know sometimes you find the wrong people in your tribe that don't support you and that makes it even messier because you've got to move from them to a tribe that can support you that you really have kindred values shared values uh I found you know uh, incidentally another woman that had gone to my same college around my same age same messy cesarean same messy postpartum same messy trepidation afterwards and I think if we were sitting down in tea like you and I are right now she'd probably say it's messy but it's the most rewarding messy job and I really only want the right people in my tribe I mean look at yoga I don't know when you last did hot yoga, but that's messy. But guess what? You know what they say? And it is such a wonderful metaphor. The hardest part is showing up. The hardest and part is showing up. Yeah. So, so you know what? I love going to yoga for that reason, because guess what? By the time I get there, I've already won. So right. <laughs> now that I got you here, says the instructor, let's, why don't you see what you feel like doing? What happens when you start moving around and what shifts and what hurts? And then all of a sudden we're thinking, oh, where am I holding stress and holding it here? And that, like you said, we started out talking again with this, how we store, how our bodies hold on to stress and fear and trauma. Um, it's all a part of it. And uh, I think telling our stories is also part of is part of self-care as is you know finding that break and moving our bodies and allowing ourselves to to just you know literally stretch emotionally metaphorically physically so in the in the glam for good and the 2020 mom project where are you with that right now and what do you so if we've got moms listening and mom saying yeah you know i don't really have anybody to talk to about it i haven't really been feeling comfortable to share and i just kind of dealt with it and threw it in the closet what can we do for those ladies to invite them out and you know get their get themselves on you know the bus with you and your initiatives so that they i know you had said earlier it's kind of like an editorial switchboard for motherhood what can we where can yeah. we direct them so they feel like they can put their toe in the water of you know sweet relaxation like i'm okay just the way i am exactly well you can always find you know you know i felt like i was so bolstered and on the right path within myself but i have to say a shout out to the mama mosaic um community on facebook and again the power of social media has been incredible and you realize we are not alone there are a lot of women and families and by the way men too dads and and by the way also what's a mom maybe it's two men maybe it's two moms maybe it's a mom and a half mom we don't know Right. What is right. whatever your definition is? It's, a, you know, of course, obviously, if you're going through the biological shifts of, of actually giving birth, you know, or there's that. But um, th 
this community, um, certainly on Facebook, Mama Mosaic, 2020 Mom is a bridge um, uh, working within the insurance companies, health insurance companies, to change policies so that mothers and families can have more time together and so that more services for moms are covered. Like what kind of services? So that you would, well, I mean, obviously mandatory maternity leave is always a goal. Family leave is a goal. Having uh, maternal mental health. So it right now that sort of that pocket doesn't exist within a woman's health portfolio, so to speak. We have, um, a, a regular doctor, you have a gynecologist, you have an obstetrician, and then you go back to a regular doctor. So none of those mentioned doctors would necessarily be looking for anxiety, stress, self-doubt, depression, fear, paranoia, exhaustion. They're just, you were, we're moved along, it, you know, sort of moved along the conveyor belt. And unless we really say, this isn't right and I don't feel this, um, we could just sort of shift along. So 2020 Mom is looking to try to break the, the pattern by instead of putting the onus on on the, you know, internal work ourselves to give, you know, as part of the healthcare system to give women and families and moms more um basically more policy they're working they have a whole legislative aspect of which is the national coalition of maternal mental health to shift the laws in favor of supporting mothers before during and after they give birth Um, right because you said you said something so important when we were chatting off air you said you know people say you know the children are our futures but you know the moms are giving them breath and life and if yeah. the moms are not in good shape, it's kind of like being in an airplane, right? They say put the oxygen mask on yourself exactly. first. And and we we don't put the oxygen mask on first. We just hit the ground running. And frankly, almost every day. And and, and by the way, so everyone else is fine with that. Yeah, right. Not to say that it's on everybody else, but there's no cheer. You know, you, you really learn. You learn. And I have learned this lesson um, in my own life. But you learn. I remember hearing my, my, you know, might not have been my grandmother, might have been my aunt, but this, this aspect of if you want something done, you have to do it yourself. Maybe that was coming from the, the Irish side of my family. I don't know. The other side's Italian, so it could have come from both, but I don't know. It was just this sort of thing. I remember pushing back against it. Like, why should it be so hard? And then when I realized a few years ago, it's not that it's hard. It's just different. Just go go where it doesn't feel hard. And that's what I love about the work with 2020 Mom is that I was really spinning my wheels when I was working with Postpartum Support International um, with just how big and massive this issue is. And I felt literally like I was on roller skates going uphill. I mean, I was just determined, but sort of literally sliding back down over and over. Um, and I remember thinking, we know what isn't working. What is there anything we can identify that is working? And at the same time, I was asking my own self that question in my own life. And it really, you realize how much the experience of being a mother, it, 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 it amplifies everything we are as women, as sisters, as friends, as, you know, well, it, it, anything. I mean, it, it, like you it said before, on everything. Whether you're a mother to the fish, the dog, the neighbor, 
the cat. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Homosexual, heterosexual, right. trans. I don't know who you, as a creature, as a being. Right. I, I mean, look, I see it with my animals. Have you witnessed birth? If you've watched an animal, a dog, a cat, a horse, I don't know what it is, give birth, you know that there is something collective in that transferring of, I'm giving myself chills. It, it, it's an absolute magical mystery. It is. <laughs> all, of, you, all of it. And, and I, we deserve, as, as the ones who did it and brought this, it literally, physically went through multiple marathons. Um, emotionally, physically, and if you're dredging anything up from behind, or if you're just a, a just a strong girl, or not a strong, you're just a girl. You're just there's so much that isn't talked about. And if it weren't for you know Judy Bloom and Mary Tyler Moore, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, now it, we're starting to have people come out. You know, celebrities, which is like. I, the most amazing thing, at least in this world of maternal health. Like, thank you, Adele. Thank you, Chrissy Teigen. Well, I thank th- you, Brooke Shields. We use your platform to say we are just like you with a staff, with the nutritionist, with the massage therapist, and it still sucks. And it still so you sucks. Dump all your money. It, that's not what it's about. It's about honoring this amazing person who's literally just brought life into the world and let's take a minute like remember the the fantastic book the red tent yeah they're they're culturally that's honoring this shift you know so uh, how did you get this ambassadorship that you have this wonderful sense of honor and and what did what was the journey to get there and what are you doing with it well i you know to me, it, and having worked in, in, when I say PR now, I don't think it means the same thing to someone in their 40s as it does to someone in their 20s who might be listening, for example. I don't mean like, you know, corporate. I worked, you know, in public marketing, uh, what might now be considered, I don't know, maybe branding. But whatever it is, it's a way of presenting an idea and brid- bridging an idea with somebody who could benefit from it. And that's really what I was doing for myself as a photographer, but also for the nonprofits that I represented, like uh, the American Red Cross and United Way and Big Brothers Big Sisters. That was all part of it, and also supporting authors and getting messages out. It was all part of um, spreading information, and that is that part came very naturally to me. So coming out of um, my own experience, I knew I had a lot to say, but I wasn't sure how to go about it. You know, the the social media world was crazy. I mean, I sort of re-entered, let's say, five years ago. So it's been a big game of catch-up. I mean, I don't even ha- I was a photographer. I, I don't even have a digital camera. I mean, I literally had to be taught how to use the iPhone by, you know, maybe not quite my son. But <laughs> it was a whole new world to me because it, they, things had shifted. I was off the radar in that way. For a lot, for years, for you know, I, lo- I I say sometimes I refer to it as losing time. I lived the time, I remember the time, but I was frozen in this sort of you know merry-go-round of my own design that, on the outset, didn't look nothing. I mean, everything looked great on paper. I should not have been a mess, but I was, and um, I didn't know what to do about it. So with the ambassadorship, with 2020 Mom, it literally, it gives a structured platform. 
you know, with a tremendous amount of creativity. They've been so patient with me. I'm coming up with these crazy campaigns and ideas. You know, we're going to get a school bus. So I'm going to call the mayor. We're going to get a school bus and we're going to stuff it with diapers, the entire community. We're going to have a raffle. And I come up with these crazy ideas. And then they're just like, oh, my God, let's do that. Why, why not? Why don't we do that? Um, and there are a lot of you know, clinicians and practitioners, like I was saying before, a lot of things that I'm not, but this part, this looking at it from a different way and actually looking at it as a, not so much a product, obviously, but as a concept, as a movement, or how can we raise the volume on motherhood? And so uh, their it, particular part is maternal mental health. Glam for Good, on the other side, is um, a wonderful organization that is working more in the sense where they're doing um, actual events, major events. You know, they just did a massive hurricane relief project um, with top, top fashion designers, people who are donating goods and services, um, you know, makeovers, hair, clothing, work clothes, briefcases, all of that to um, like 600 or 700 teachers in Houston who lost everything. Mm -hmm. So that's on a whole other scale. And so for women and girls, there's definitely a great platform for me as Mama Mosaic and as Maria Carolla to um, jump in part of this, you know, it's a giving back. It's a, it's about impact. So and how can we take what we have and share it and amplify it, empower more of us so, so as as we're kind of coming to a close here i want you to share three things with our listening audience and let's say you're a, a new mom you're just maybe a new mom you're or you're pregnant going to be a new mom so going to be a new mom new mom and a mom that's been around what would you say to the coming to be a mom what would you say would be the number one thing that she should be aware of and do for herself? Let's start there. Well, first of all, don't ever for one second um, not listen to your own intuition. You know, nobody knows. We nobody knows it. You're, you don't know yourself any better. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. Right. And I think that. Going into what, you know, birthing in America is a whole other, that could, we could do a whole series, Denise. Let's, let's not, let's be realistic. We have a whole tea sponsor here. Bigelow, we're coming for you. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> of of um, taking care of yourself, setting up your network, you, you know, having a tribe. If you are able to afford a doula, they're not that expensive and incredible advocates and birth partners and just basically your own little cheerleading uh, squad that is with you before, during, after. Um, I think doulas are amazing change agents in the world of um, birth in America and becoming a new mom. Um, if so to remove any guilt and to to just try to set up a network of support and where can not, we send them no on matter what anybody says it is not going to be um picture perfect it's going to hurt you're going to be tired see if you can set up you know help get anybody who offers to take care or to watch let them do it let them just it, let, release and surrender for 30 minutes a day if you can and Take where care of yourself. and where can we point them online? I know you said Mama Mosaic on Facebook. 
Twitter, Mama, Mama Mosaic. MamaMosaic.com. There's the National Coalition of Maternal Mental Health. There's PSI. Um, you know, for I'm not a millennial, but I will tell you that one of my absolute favorite sites is Romper.com. They are looking at motherhood from all of this, you know, magic in the mess. I think we have a whole array of great um, online resources. If you literally Google, um, <clears throat> excuse me, postpartum renaissance, you'll find a newborn mother's collective um, that is doing a tremendous amount of work in this, you know, the way we're, we're taking care of new mothers so i i leave um everyone with this note it is truly about self-care this at this point in our lives and especially as new mothers amplifying who you are leaving the shoulds at home i often say on the show we don't should on ourselves and we don't should on others and being aware that it's okay to be messy and imperfect and everybody's version of their best selves is completely different Maria, I'm so glad that we got to spend this time together today. Uh, I hope that you'll join us in the future, maybe in the new year, in the spring, and tell us what's going on at Mama Mosaic. Thanks, everybody. Tune in. What? Go grab. Thank you. I'm so thankful we finally had the chance to connect. We'll be back next week, everybody. It's The Drive with Denise. Thanks so much.